0: Hey, 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 listeners. Thanks for joining me today in another episode of Behind the Story with Chuck Tuck. Me, I'm your host, Chuck Tuck. So today, my guest has more than 20 years experience uh, in the position of CFO for a major Mexican environmental fund. Uh, She also suffered from long-term illness and being able to overcome them through nutrition and lifestyle. That's what led her to explore alternatives for personal and professional transformation. Now, she's a certified international health coach, a biomagnetism therapist, a Reiki practitioner, and a yoga instructor. So, please, welcome Himena, And I know I said it wrong, but she will correct me. So, Let's get right into it right after the short announcement. Ximena. Am I pr- pronounced
1: that correctly? <laughs> Jimena.
2: Jimena. Jimena yeah. y- Yanez <laughs> Soto.
1: Actually, it's with the ñ, so it's Jimena Yanez Soto, <laughs> Yanez Soto ah. which is <laughs> <laughs> difficult. I know, I know, but actually, it's Jimena Yanez Soto.
2: Well, (laughs) welcome and thank you.
1: (laughs) No, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's such a pleasure to be with you today.
2: You recently uh, had a book published,
1: right? Yeah, that's correct. Healthy Planet, Healthy You.
2: Yes. So I want to talk about the healthy planet and the healthy me, the healthy everybody else (laughs) out there, because I think a lot of times people fail to realize that um, eating healthy also can in a way affect the planet because of the plants, uh, the meat, uh, the byproducts from the meat and everything else, and all the processing that's done, not only is that bad for for us, but the processing process is uh, bad for the environment or can be. So I'm going to know that you really take the lead on this as far as eating healthy and, you know, how does one really get started eating healthy? And what is, what is eating healthy? I thought a peanut butter sandwich was healthy.
1: <laughs> well, I would like to uh, bring another question, mm-hmm. very interesting question, uh, because we're always looking to be healthy and, and live a happy life. But how can we expect to be healthy if our diet is not sustainable, with the planet we call home, so i 'm going to change a little bit your question because it's uh, we're we're in, a, we're in a, a, a closed environment in in planet, so uh, if we are damaging the planet, how can we expect if we're doing things that are damaging the planet with the things we eat or with what we eat, how can we expect to be healthy? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, I would say a healthy diet, it's it's a very complex thing because we have been told for many years by many people the things we should be eating, starting with the media. Like they are always telling us, eat this, eat that. This is healthy. This is low fat. This is free of calories. This is uh, uh, high in protein. And we're bombarded all the time by the media. And, of course, our friends, family, doctors, uh, a lot of people are telling us what to eat. So I, I, I'm very, I, was, I had a discussion with family a couple of years ago, uh, days ago, because I, I was telling them, we, when we were born and we were child, children, we were asking everything we always ask why? Why is the sky blue? Why? What are the tears uh, made for? Uh, of? Um, uh, how can I make a little boat with with leaves from the trees? You know, we're asking always things, mm. but there's a time when we stop asking because maybe somebody told us you should stop asking. All the major questions and the major problems of the world are resolved by intelligent people, maybe more intelligent th- than you. So we stop asking and then we start doing whatever everybody else tells us what to do. So the thing is that we're bombarded with, by, by the media, uh, of course, by this, uh, the food industry, these corporations. Um, so we're eating things that are making us sick. And it's just because we're not asking in the first place, why am I eating this? Why um, this this advertisement says that this is healthy or this is low fat or this is... But we're not making any more questions. So I would like to say the first question that I I like to explore with friends, family and clients is the protein. Because we've heard a lot about the protein. and, And if I ask you, if I say the word protein, what comes to your mind? Uh,
2: uh, potatoes. <laughs> no, that's too starchy. <laughs> um, well, meat, really. But I, I, I will say for me, it's, I, I have slowed down on that and gone for plant-based proteins.
1: Yeah, exactly. But most of the people, when I ask them, if I say the word protein, what do you think about? They, ask, they answer meat. Mm-hmm. That's their answer. Meat, fish chicken, milk, eggs. Uh, A couple of people have told me seeds, which is interesting. But the thing is that uh, everybody's talking about proteins. We need proteins. We're bombarded by the media. You need your proteins. Everybody's telling us that we need proteins. And we immediately think about meat or animal products. And the thing is that Nobody has stopped to ask, well, what is protein? We're just doing what our neighbors are doing, what our parents told us to do. So I would like to start with that question. What is protein? Because protein is just a large change of amino acids. And when it comes into your body, your stomach uh, destroys it. It destroys the links in between the amino acids. So... I used to think, before I knew all of this, that I ate my meat and then suddenly I don't know how the meat was going to come to my muscles. I, you know, a lot of people think that you have to eat meat and that, well, it, it, it will go to your muscles and you will be very strong and you will have beautiful muscles. And that's not the way it works because the stomach, it destroys everything. It has to break everything down into very small things. So when the protein is destroyed, we're left with those amino acids. And then our body stores the amino acids and uses them because our body is a fabric. It produces proteins all the time. So it it calls for amino acids, I need to uh, create this protein. So it calls the amino acids and the amino acids come and then our bodies build the protein it needs. So actually, there's protein in everything. There's protein in fruits and in vegetables, of course, in seeds and legumes. There's protein in everything because we, there you can find all these uh, amino acid chains. Uh, the thing is that there are some amino acids that we need to eat because our body can't make them. There are other amino acids that our bodies make them. But the ones that we can't make it make uh, they're called as es- essential amino acids. So of course, in, in animal products, we have these essential amino acids. We have all the essential amino acids in one in just one piece of meat or chicken or, or fish or, or cheese. <laughs> but um, we are lacking in fruits and vegetables and legumes. We're lacking a, maybe one or two essential amino acids. The beauty. Is that you can find those lacking amino acids in another uh, family food? For example, if you combine uh, uh, beans with corn, you'll have the complete amino, the complete protein. And you don't have it, and you don't need it to have it in the same meal. You can have beans today and corn tomorrow, and you'll have all the amino acids you need. So, starting by that questioning, why? Is everybody telling me that I need to eat my proteins and my kids need to eat their proteins? What we need to eat is a a plate full of all the different family foods. And that's what a a healthy diet is, including everything. I'm not saying uh, stop eating meat. We can eat meat. Uh, You know, this this, uh, place is called the Blue Zones where you can find people living more than 100 years. They're plant-based, mostly. They're plant-based. They have, of course, they exercise not too much. They, they go for long walks. That's their exercise. They have a very strong uh, sense of community and friendship. And, and there are a lot of things going on around. But they're plant-based. That means that they eat meat sometimes. And they use the meat or the animal products as garnish. It's not the center of the plate. It's not the main dish. Because when you're putting animal products uh, as the main dish, as as the most important thing in your dish, you're leaving out a lot of good things that come from plants. Uh, uh, Now, is there
2: something (laughs) as far as eating too much? I mean, because in, in the American culture, you know, Everything is supersized. You want to upsize, you want to do this, you want to do that. Or even if you go to a restaurant and they serve you some food, most people, I think, look at it and go, is that all I'm getting? They (gasps) they look at that portion size and they think, I paid $10. There should be more. Whereas we're in Europe or different countries and the portions are, you know, much smaller. Um, does, Does that make a big difference too as far as that healthy part goes?
1: Yeah, it's a big difference because, um, well, when I'm eating here in the U.S., I'm from Mexico City. I moved here seven years ago. And then when I go to a restaurant here, it's just what you say. It's the portions. It's like, I'm not going to be able to eat this. Yeah, the portions are very important. Um, Actually, I think it's one of the blue zones. It's Okinawa. And I think... In Okinawa, they have this saying that you should eat until you feel 80% satisfied. So you have to leave that 20%. You're not 100% satisfied. You have to leave around 20%. Mm. So a lot of things that I tell my clients, uh, because, you know, when we start eating a lot, we keep eating a lot. And every time is more and more and more. So it's very difficult to to bring down that amount of food. Your body needs, we would say, your body needs, your body doesn't need that, but you're you're used to that, and and your body body is craving that, and your brain is craving that. One of the things people can do to reduce that amount of food is start with a salad, with a very big salad. That make that your first plate, your 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 starter, but a big salad with a lot of things, uh, with a lot of colors. And when you finish that, then maybe you'll feel, because you're going to digest that very, very fast, but you'll feel immediately like kind of full because it, it has a lot of fiber. Then you're going to eat your next plate, you, you're going to have a, a, a smaller portion, maybe mm-hmm. of meat. Or chicken. So that's a trick I, I usually tell my clients. Start with a big, big salad because you're going to digest that very fast. Uh, you're, it's going to make you feel full. Um, it's going to cheat your brain in some way. And if um, in a couple of months, uh, you're going to start eating less because something in you uh, will start changing. Okay. Yeah.
2: Um, I see where that would be the opposite of which was better because, like you said, tricking the brain. Um, I know you know, this is this is what I used to hear, too, is if I'm eating too fast, my brain and my stomach doesn't know how much is in there, and I just keep overstuffing, and then I tell myself the next day, oh, I'm hungry or hungrier because I'd say, oh, I stretched my stomach, so now I, I put more food in there.
1: Yeah. Is that correct? I think it's true because the stomach is something that has to grow when you eat. So you know these surgeries the bypass the stomach bypass where they mm-hmm. cut the part of the stomach because the stomach grew a lot. So yeah, that's what our stomachs do. They they they're small and then you eat and then they they're like a balloon, right? Mm-hmm. And then you digest and and everything, but yeah, you you you're making that Larger and larger every time, and that's why the the bypass surgeries are done wow. to bring, to to make it smaller yeah so it's it's interesting, and the thing is that what, I was talking about protein mm-hmm. because protein is very important um, you know that if every person in the world eat the standard American diet that, you know, it's, it's heavy in animal products, we would need seven planet Earths to supply that demand. Really? Yeah. Not everybody in the world wow. eat like this. Yeah. Right. So it's just like the Western side of the world uh, where we put the, the animal products as the main thing in our dishes, as the main thing to eat. So if everybody in the world eat like that, we would need seven planets planets Earth. So when I'm telling you that how can we expect to be healthy if our diet is not sustainable? Uh, Needing seven planets Earth is not sustainable. So the planet is trying to tell us something. The way we eat right now is not healthy because it's not sustainable. It's like you have a house and you're making a fire with all the logs in your in your ceiling, at some point you will, you will have no ceiling. You will be sick, you will be wet, you will be... Yeah, that's not sustainable to, to eat your house, to use your house for, for the fire, for example. That's what we're doing. Wow. And the thing is that to, right now, to supply that demand of animal products, we use... Animal uh, uh, industrial farming you know these concentrated mm-hmm. animal uh, feeding operations sites yes. where you have a lot of animals um, a lot of waste because in, in, in nature the natural cycle is that everything is used in the process you have no waste but when you have waste when you have a lot of animals that are not part of the natural cycle because you have them in these confined places the manure becomes waste and you have to manage it and yes. when you start managing it 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 well you have to manage it because it's a lot but you start polluting water and air and the soil and it's it's terrible for the for the planet um so that makes, you know, that we have three main uh, greenhouse gases in the atmosphere that are provoking the, the climate change. Mm-hmm. So one is carbon dioxide, which is for uh, uh, fossil uh, fuels and those things. Right. But then the second one is methane. Yep. And those, uh, those in, uh, farms... Are the ones bringing that methane into the atmosphere, which is around 23 times percent more uh, uh, powerful than carbon dioxide. We have less, but it's more powerful. And there's another one. There's another greenhouse gas which is called nitro nitrous oxide, and it's also for, for it comes from farming and uh, it's because we're using a lot of um, nit- uh, nitrogen based uh, Things, fertilizers, pesticides, Mm -hmm. and that is like six uh, six um, percent of the greenhouse gases in the atmosphere. But it's three hundred times more potent than carbon dioxide, and it stays in the atmosphere for one hundred years. And yeah, industrial farming is bringing those two uh, methane and and nitrous oxide to the atmosphere. So if we (laughs) man <laughs> then uh
2: because yeah. on the on the methane, I know a lot of people have heard about you know manure and everything in methane, and methane is part of the uh like i said the uh climate change effect yeah. um mm-hmm. but um the the other gas, the nitrous oxide right yeah that is I think a lot of people associate that with laughing gas or going to the dentist yeah. or something it's,
1: that's it. S- that's okay,
2: it. so I want that clarification but, yeah. because I think people are going. You mean laughing gas?
1: Yeah, uh, laughing wow. gas. Wow. So yeah, there's nothing to laugh about nitrous oxide when we talk about climate change. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a scientific joke. <laughs> actually, <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing funny about nit- nitrous oxide when we're talking about climate change. But yeah, that's the the, the okay. laughing gas. Yeah. yeah. So uh, if we keep eating like this, the amount of animal protein we're eating right now, we're just pushing more uh, greenhouse gases to the atmosphere. And, you know, it's a, there's a lot of things going on. It's not just the industrial farming, the animals. It's also what they eat. They eat a lot. Well, they eat GMOs, you know, mm-hmm. corn and soy and all the GMOs. of the crops, they're they're used to feed these animals. So if we didn't need that much animal protein, we could release a lot of of land to do other things, to plant other things. And one of the, the saddest things about having these GMOs is that they are monocrops. So you see these huge pieces of land covered with just one species or two, maybe two. So we're not going with nature. Nature is biodiverse. So we don't want any any other species competing for the for the space. So we kill them with with all these herbicides and pesticides and we have made those crops resistant to these herbicides. So we put this herbicide Roundup in all the crops. The main crop don't, don't die. Everything else dies. And when you don't have diversity in species, you don't have diversity in soils, like micro, microbial diversity. And soil is so important to capture, again, carbon dioxide. Because we're told that when we think about climate change, it's overwhelming because we're like, well, I need to use my car. I need to move. What can I do? I, I can't do anything. Uh, actually, one of the things we can do is bring back that that carbon to the soils or to the oceans. or, But I'm talking about the soils. But when we're losing diversity, microbial diversity of the soils, because we have just one crop going on and we're killing everything else, we can't bring back that carbon to, to the soil again. So it's you see, it's a, a complex thing. But if we stop eating or not stop eating, reduce our animal products consumption, we can start helping um, for example, if we if we have this regenerative farming, which has everything, they, they respect biodiversity. so you have you have chickens and cows and and you have a lot of plants uh, growing, and it's a biodiverse place. and maybe you move the cows from one spot to another and let the the, the uh, grass regenerate. And, and cows are helping with the, they're making uh, some kind, a kind of a, a holes in the soil. So when it rains, it retains. And it makes, when you have, when you use the cows to regenerate the soils, it's a very good thing to do. But when you have them in these confined places, they're just producing waste. They're not doing anything for the for the earth.
2: So to let them naturally do what they do is almost like a natural compost then. Uh, exactly. They're eating the, the grasses, they're expelling the waste, they're trampling it down, and then they move to the next. Chicks, chickens will come and maybe they'll pick out little bad seeds or things like that. So it's a natural, like a natural compost almost, is it?
1: Exactly. And actually when the, the manure of cows uh, that are in regenerative uh, farms they don't produce methane because they come to the ground to the soil they start to be part of the of this cycle which has no waste but when we have cows in these industrial farms methane is like it's mm-hmm. like an explosion we also have methane because their digestive systems produce that so we can't avoid that but if we have a lot of cows in a, in, a, in, in in confined in a place and we are thinking that we need to eat them because we need protein. So we have to have a lot, a lot, a lot. Then we're doing a lot of damage to the environment. And actually, we don't need those proteins. We can eat them, of course. And and they're delicious, of course. But from time to time, not not as the main thing uh, in our diets.
2: You know, two things uh, for me. One that I especially like is uh, that you're 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 saying and you're talking about because i i went into this expecting that you're going to be talking more along the lines of go vegan but <laughs> y- you really aren't um, right. it, it's it's a healthy choice health, healthy living uh for the planet and for our, our bodies the other thing about this that i find um really fascinating in eating at least to me in my mind is we're, we're talking about carbon footprint Uh, We're talking about individual carbon footprint, where I think a lot of people, when like you said earlier, I need to drive, I need to do this, I need to do that. I can't lessen my carbon footprint. It doesn't just start with your car. It it, it starts with how you're eating and what you're eating as well. So that way you can reduce your personal carbon footprint by just making that little change, which we control ourselves every
1: day. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, When when we hear climate change is so overwhelming and we think we can't do anything because we're not going to stop using our cars, but there's one thing we could do. We can start with our diet. Mm -hmm. So yeah, uh, it's interesting. Um, You can start small, small things can bring large changes, big changes. So, um, what I'm saying is that, yes, every one of us can do something. And imagine the power of doing it uh, as a large community. Everybody doing the same. And stop eating these GMOs, which have, you know, they they are modified. They were introduced the gene of a bacteria that is resistant to this um, herbicide. And actually, many people say, We have been playing with with the uh, genetics for centuries, which is, yeah, it's right. We have been playing and trying to make uh, more resistant some plants. And yeah, we have been playing with that. But in this case, the play play they've been doing is not for uh, bringing human beings a more nutritious thing or food it has been done because they want to be more profitable. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have any good in it. It just, it was inserted with the gene of a bacteria to be resistant to a pesticide, to a herbicide.
2: Yeah, Um, I think that's one thing a lot of people need to understand is uh, the gene splicing or whatever (laughs) we want to call it, but uh, a lot of times with the foods that they've done that to, it's to... Maybe make it taste sweeter. It's not healthier. Tastes sweeter so you want it more and or it gives it a longer shelf life. And like you said, while it's in the ground, it's more resistance to certain types of pesticides and bugs and other things. But uh, to give it a longer shelf life uh, at the grocery store so that way it can sit there longer and it'll be purchased instead of going to waste. Um, There's such science to a lot of this.
1: They're scientists. They're doing science. They're playing with foods and making them tastier and and maybe with mangoes. Or I I don't know. And they're doing good things. We we can't say every GMO is bad, but the the GMOs the big crops the corn the soy the um, well I I wouldn't say wheat wheat just started to be GMO. Uh, they they were a GMO. So they were just. Um, uh, I think it's called physically uh, modified or something like that. Mm. But they already started with wheat. But these big crops—they uh, were not made to to taste better or to bring more nutritious content to humans. They were made to make those companies more profitable. So that's the first thing we have to think. And then you were saying about the 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 life in the in the shelves and everything. Another interesting thing is that, of course, we need fat. As humans, we need fat. Our, our cells are covered, uh, the membranes are made with fat. So we need good fats. So we have the famous omega 3s and omega 6, and actually, we should have like one to one balance. But uh, omega 3s are very unstable. Omega-6 are very stable. So they're starting to use Omega-6, and they put Omega-6 in all the the foods that go to the shelves to preserve them for more time. And Omega-3s, they they are in the process of bringing inflammation down, and Omega-6, they bring inflammation up. So what we're having right now is this, this balance uh, uh, of... Omega threes and omega six because we're using a lot of omega six to preserve things on shelves. So right now we're in a ratio of about one to seventeen, and we need to be one to one to bring inflammation when we need inflammation and bring the inflammation down when we need inflammation down. But as we are one to seventeen, our inflammation process in, processes in our bodies are staying longer we're we're inflamed because these companies are using not just gmos which are i think they're bad because they won't allow biodiversity in the crops but in the fields and and in the soil but also they're using this a huge amount of omega-6 to preserve food in shelves so our bodies are getting inflamed
2: Okay so then I have to come back to our, our my first thought is how do I eat healthy what how do I pick my food because I might be reaching for that potato but GMO and it's really bad or so I say well I'm going to go for that corn it's like well that's not the right corn is there a way to is there a bible is there something in your book That'll tell me.
1: (laughs) My book will tell you more or less what to do. I'm not a nutritionist. I'm a health coach. And I'm just giving orientation to people. I can't do any diets. But I do believe that if you bring to your plate more fruits and vegetables, things that grow from the soil, Mm -hmm. you're going to be healthier. Now, uh, of course, to bring down all the animal protein, And, of course, all the processed food. They could tell you... I have an uh, an example here. Let me bring it to you. I think this is fascinating. Okay. Let me bring it to you. So, (laughs) I'm going to go a little deeper. Uh, You know I'm from Mexico. Yes. I don't like the government in Mexico. I I do not approve the president. I think he does things just to go... uh, If someone says, A... he wants to say Z or someone says uh, black, he wants to say white, right? He's like kind of stubborn and, and I don't like him, but they've done one thing that I do like. Um, I don't know if this is because they're always uh, trying to to go to the other side <laughs> or they're doing that because they they truly believe in that. I don't know, but they decided to protect consumers. And I think that's the role of every government, they should protect us as citizens because most governments are working with the industry, right? Mm-hmm. But they decided in Mexico to stop that and to tell people when a product has high con- uh, calorie content or high sugar content or high fat content. So they de- decided to put some stamps on, on uh, uh products so for example i found this one in my in in mexico and sometimes i find these crackers in in the store i go to a, a healthy store and they say that they are fire roasted and they are baked crackers and eat well be well be free and i'm always thinking this is healthy right the package says it's healthy well i I go to Mexico and I found the seals from the government. <laughs> excess calories, excess sodium. So, even when you think that something is healthy because they tell you that this is low, low, uh, low calories or low, let me see if I it will be it will be free. Uh, gluten-free, non-GMO project. Uh, they're telling you a lot of things, vegan, whatever. Still, they still have a high content of calories and sodium and fats and sugar. Even, so sometimes you're, you're mislead. So the, the thing I would say, is stop eating as much as you can, processed foods, even when you think they're healthy, because they might not be like, I was shocked when I saw the seals yeah. from the Mexican government. I was like, wow. And I, I find it fascinating. Like, like, yeah, sometimes you feel, like you were saying, I thought that a, a peanut butter sandwich was healthy, <laughs> right? Sometimes we, we think things because they tell us that this is healthy, this is uh, low-fat, this is uh, whatever. So stop eating uh, uh, processed foods. That's the the main thing. And start eating more foods that come from the soil. Okay. And then you can garnish them with a little bit of meat or animal protein, and that's okay. Uh, uh, And regarding GMOs, it's it's better to eat GMO corn than to eat processed foods, actually. So when you can start making the transition... Um, you don't have to go organic or GMO, non-GMO. You can start with whatever you have, but start with plants. That's okay. the main thing I I would recommend. Let's go back to plants. Um,
2: Sounds like to me too. That we we need to learn to read the labels because, uh, like I said, we we've we have fallen into that. Uh, whatever the government or whatever manufacturer said, this is healthy. I'm thinking cereals. There are a number of cereal manufacturers out there that say that it's whole wheat, uh, this grain, and healthy, healthy. And you look and you go, oh, well, that's got a lot of carbohydrates. That's got a lot of sugar in there. Uh, But they don't say that. And even with some of these health bars and things, it tells you that it's healthy. Now, take a look, and it's 43 grams of sugar. How can that be healthy in a little
1: six-ounce bar? That's not. And the thing is that they can't put that in the in the they can label it like as healthy. Wow. And the government or the agencies won't say a, a thing. They will be okay with that. There's something uh there's a, a, an association regarding the heart. And you can see their their seal in many cereal boxes. Mm-hmm. And uh, It's because those companies pay their members of this association. So if you're a member, you're going to have the seal. It doesn't matter if it's healthy or not. It's just that the company is part of that membership. So you you can't trust anything. What you can trust is what comes from Mother Earth, what, what grows from Mother Earth. Uh, may I
2: ask you do you have your own garden?
1: Yeah, this is it's difficult for me because I live in Denver. So we have snow a lo- and and cold. It's cold uh a longer uh, like I would say 6 to 7 months and then we have a couple of months that are very warm. My neighbor use uh he he plants I think it's tomatoes and and squash and some herbs. But he do that just He does that two months every year because we can't do more. Uh, And I'm trying to learn from him because I come from Mexico, from a very different uh, environment and and weather. What I do have in my house is little things with with herbs like Mm. um, thyme and rosemary and mint and um, basil. I have them because I can't have them all year round. But to plant for me here, coming from Mexico is like I need to learn how to do that because you just have like like one month to plant everything, then you leave it like a couple of months and then you harvest, and then you have to take everything out. I've seen my neighbor take everything everything out, wait for the for the snow and wait until next year <laughs> to yeah, so I don't have I would love to. To have and I would love to know and you have to know what to plant in the place where you are
2: my neighbor and I'm in a neighborhood uh, community, but my neighbor is s- such an amazing uh, farmer <laughs> I just call him farmer because yes, excuse me um corn, carrots, uh, tomatoes, potatoes, uh, squash, uh, cabbage uh wow. pumpkins. I mean, so many different varieties that he grows, and he has an abundance. And every year, I see him put out what he can't eat. He puts it out for the neighborhood, which is nice that he does not let it go to waste. But, yeah. like I said, you have to know the 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 right timing of when to plant and what yeah. to plant.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you have to have the the hands. Uh, I I grew up in Mexico City, so no plants for me, no, nothing to plant there because it's a huge uh, city. So, but I, I have some neighbors here and I, I'm in awe when I see them planting, uh, caring for their gardens and, and yards and, and I'm just like, wow, they have the hands to do that. Mm -hmm. So I don't have the hands. I, I try to, I, I, I would rather go to a little farm uh, around here, you know, the farmer's market and buy from them Mm -hmm. Uh, because I think it's something that you, well, you were, uh, you grew uh, with that, with your family planting or you have to go deep into it and understand because they're they're living things and that's the beauty when you eat them, you're Mm -hmm. eating living things that communicate with you. Because, you know, food is information. It's information for your body. Um, some, some of us believe that we're humans, right? We're just humans. But if I w- uh, were to ask you, uh, do you know how many cells, uh, if, we, if we took out from a human body 10 cells, how many of those cells would be human?
2: You know, I, that's a trick question. It could be all 10 or it could be none. Because it could be cells that are the, similar to that corn cob or
1: something. <laughs> well, you know what? Just one. Just one really? cell. Yeah, we have one a thing in inside our bodies, inside our digestive tract mostly. We, we also have them in, in our skin and other places. And it's called a microbiome. So we have more cells of microbiome than human cells in our bodies. and And if you... Talk about genetic code, uh, DNA and things like that. 99 percent of our genetic code belongs to those microbes. It's not wow. human. So it's interesting. We have a, a colony uh, well, actually, we might, be, we might be a bunch of human cells uh, clinch, uh, of a colony of, of bacteria and microbes, and uh, we're more microbe, microbes than humans. So they live inside of us, in our intestinal tract. So uh, when you eat these foods, these living foods, they have information for those little animals. Uh, We're we're living in, we have a symbiotic relationship with them. Uh, They use us and we use them and we need them. Without them, we would die. They do a lot of things, all digestive issues and a lot of information that goes from the digestive tract to the, to our brain. It's controlled by them. So oh. if you give them the right food, they're going to be happy. They're going to be healthy. They're going to be diverse. If we feed them the bad food or the things that have no information to them, like processed foods or a lot of animal products, because those foods, they don't have information. They're not living foods. Mm, Uh, We start losing uh, diversity, uh, microbiome diversity. So we have to think about our food as information for our body. So when you give your body the good uh, food, it's, it's receiving the good information, and then we can be... That's when we can be healthy. Because... Uh, that, that microbiome communicates all the time with our um, immune system. Actually, wow. it teaches our immune system.
2: Um, so, I, I have a comment and <laughs> a, a, a couple of questions. So, my comment on this is: you are you have a wealth of information, not just about you know food and how to eat, what to eat, but the science behind it. Does your book go into that as well? Yeah. That's, yeah. Okay. And then my. Yeah. My other question is, two more, how many times a day do you eat and <laughs> what did you have for breakfast this morning? Yeah,
1: Just- yeah. every morning, my, my breakfast is a smoothie, a fruit smoothie okay. with some spirulina and barley gr- grass and some good omega-3s like um, chia, chia seeds. Uh, Could be hemp seeds or uh, flaxseed because I'm trying to compensate all the bad. It's not, they're not bad. Omega-6 are are not bad, but they're not balanced. And uh, we have more omega-6. So I try to compensate that and bring more omega-3s to my body. So I I actually have that for breakfast every day. Uh Sometimes, yeah, I don't eat gluten. Because it doesn't, it makes me feel not good. Mm-hmm. And also, the story behind the wheat, which is not a GMO for now, it's gonna start being a GMO. But um, the wheat that we ate when we were children or our parents ate when they were children is not the same wheat. This is, this is it's uh, modified too, not genetic, genetically, but it's also modified. So I try not to eat wheat. So that's, I have a, a big smoothie in the mornings. Uh, sometimes I drink a little bit of coffee, which is, um, I would say, don't go, go for the coffee because it is a stimulant for our adrenal gra- glands. So in the moment you drink coffee, your adrenal glands starts, uh, start working and they produce adrenaline, which is good in sometimes. Sometimes it, it's very good. But you can't go on your whole life with adrenaline because you're going to be depleted at some point. A couple of years later, you're going to be depleted. So I have a little bit of coffee with some oat milk. That's what sometimes. And if I want a piece of toast, I have a gluten-free toast with maybe hummus or maybe beans, uh, something like that.
2: Okay.
1: I eat... um, You could say three times per day. Uh, So that's my breakfast. Then I have something for lunch, maybe a salad or something that was left, a leftover. And then at night, I cook the whole meal with its plant-based. It's mainly plant-based. I bring every family of foods into my table to my family. So we always have, well, not fruits because we ate fruits all day round, but uh, we have... um, Legumes, uh, seeds and nuts, and um, vegetables. Okay. So mainly I have that. Um, and we should have cereal too, whole cereals.
2: Now, I, I, I don't know if you'll have an answer for me on this one, but as far as flaxseed goes, because I've heard with flaxseed, uh, you know, many people make it and put it in their smoothie. But the, the digestive system has a difficult time digesting flax seeds, so uh, I've heard go with flaxseed meal, um, which is already ground up. Do you know anything about that? Is that, is that I,
1: true? I wouldn't know. I uh, wouldn't know. I go for the flaxseed that's already, um, you in know, powdered. Uh, yeah, powdered. Yeah, okay. But uh, sometimes I have had uh, the other one. And I don't recall having problems, but much of, many of our pl- problems, digestive issues, they come because we don't have a balance in our microbiome. Mm-hmm. So there's something going on there. Okay. Um, but I've never heard heard about the flaxseed. I've okay. I looked into it. I'm okay. going to look into it. Yes, please. <laughs>
2: this is so much information. Um, we haven't really even touched on your book. Uh, it's... <laughs> Uh, we don't want to give away all this free information, do we? So where where can listeners and viewers really go to um, get a sampling of your book and to purchase your book?
1: Yeah, well, you can go to Amazon. It's in Amazon, all platforms, all markets of Amazon. And also you can find them in, in you know, uh, online, Barnes & Noble. And there's one that's called Indie Something. So I've checked and... In every pl- platform, I think you can find it in every platform. Mainly, it's Amazon, uh, and it's called. The name is Healthy Planet, Healthy You. Simple changes for a brighter, uh, simple habits for a brighter future. So um, yeah, it's just it's just a little. You you can twist a little bit your diet, and you're gonna feel much much better, and you're gonna be doing something. For the world, for future generations, for our kids, we say all the time, "I love my kids," and we're not doing anything around food to to help them have a better future, a yeah. better planet.
2: We so we're not going to shame any parents out there who are who are constantly feeding their kids the uh, little snack process yeah. packages. Here you go, son. Go off to school, and here's a. a Triple Decker Peanut Butter and Honey Sandwich, which used to be my favorite that my mother would make. But, um, yeah, again, so much information. Uh, And I I personally did not realize how much of a role that food and diet actually plays in the health of the planet and, no, the health of myself. Um, So I'll say thank you for that information on that. Well, it's, no,
1: thank you, and and everything I, I talked about is in the book, and and you can find more information there. And it's amazing how w- we're just connected. We're just connected to this planet. So if if our our diets are are not sustainable, we're not going to be healthy because there's this amazing connection with everything that surrounds us.
2: And like I said in the beginning, we we, we can't sustain seven Earths, you know. To no. Feed ourselves mm-hmm. like the average American.
1: <laughs> it can't be. We can't be eating like this. It's not healthy for anyone.
2: No. Uh, if, if, is there is there one thing in closing that you could say to everyone out there about your body, your health? What do I need to do to get started? What is that one thing that I should do?
1: I would say start with a big salad. Start with a big salad. Let your your body be full with a salad. Your taste buds will... Because some people say, well, a salad is tasteless. I don't like salads. Of course, with no dressing. If you want dressing, you can use a little bit of olive oil and lime or lemon, for example. No dressings because those are processed foods. Field of sugars and fats and things So salad just with, with lemon or maybe mandarin or orange whatever you want but don't use dressings um, unless you're making them. Try to bring the the, the oils to a, to a minimum uh, And then people say they they are tasteless but when you start eating them there's there's a change in your taste buds. And at some point, you will start craving for salad. I crave for salads. I crave for lettuce. When I think, I'm thinking about them, and I'm just (laughs) salivating, (laughs) like, I want my lettuce. (laughs) So your taste buds, they'll start changing. You'll feel fuller when you eat that, and you'll feel with more energy. And you can bring the colors of the rainbow. Use the colors, tomatoes, tomatoes, uh to bring the red and then cucumbers to bring more green white, then you can use um uh, well maybe the the lemon yeah the lemon for for the dressing then you're bringing yellow um you can use if you want you can use some fruits uh mandarins or so you'll mm. have there uh the orange, so just be creative and. If you can bring the colors, and you, of course, to that salad, you can put some seeds on it, like like um, sunflower seeds, or maybe pepitas, which are the, the pumpkin seeds. You can use them, uh, spurly, yes. <laughs> not a lot, just, just a little bit, just a touch of them. And they're going to bring the crunchiness, and it's just delicious when you start playing with, with salads.
2: I am ready for salad. So with that being said, thank you for the recipe on what I'm going to fix in 10 minutes.
1: <laughs> oh, and um, by the way, my book has 16 recipes oh. uh, from a vegan, a Mexican vegan plant-based chef. Very renowned, very yummy, the recipes. So you can start playing with plant-based meals. Uh, and. Okay you can notice that it doesn't have to be tasteless. You can have very tasteful and, and rich and wonderful meals and they can be plant-based. You don't need the, the meat to do that. So 16 recipes in my book uh, by this vegan plant-based chef.
2: No pun intended. Food for thought for people. <laughs>
1: yeah, Yeah. Let's start thinking and asking again. Everything, not just food, everything. Mm-hmm. We, we were curious when we were kids. Let's continue to be curious and, and find our all by searching and doing our research and find what is good for us because yeah. not everybody is the same. So but keep asking questions.